are your robot overlords come to take over the world. Welcome to AT Banter, the podcast where we discuss anything and everything regarding the world of assistive technology. With our hosts, Steve Barkley, Rob Minot, and Ryan Fleury. Now, let's banter. Well, here we are once again. Welcome to episode 14 of AT Banter. 14. Yeah, we made it. Getting there. I'm Rob Minot, and today I'm joined by Ryan Fleury. Hello. And Steve Barkley. Hi ho neighbor. And hey, it's the three of us. We're back. We're back. We haven't actually recorded together for a while. And we're here to talk about robots. That's right. Yes, this is going to be another episode in our speculative technology series. Speculative? Speculative? What? Speculative. That's what I said, didn't I? No. Speculative. Speculative. (laughs) Speculative? (laughs) Speculative. Another episode in our speculative. Speculative. (laughs) I'm going home. (laughs) Speculative sounds like some sort of uh, gynecological. Exactly. I was thinking how to say it's some sort of tool, you know. (laughs) Wait. Oh, wrong show. That's That's right. That's gynecology now. (laughs) Anyways, another episode where we talk about uh, some of the, some of the, Possibly future tech stuff that's out there right now, but you know, maybe talking about where it might go in the yeah, future. Might not have been fully adopted yet. Might just be sort of funky, gnarly, but uh, but not mainstream. In particular, robotics and robots. Yeah. So, uh, what is a robot? Well, you know, this. Uh, you know, I thought this was important because, really, uh, if you think about it. And by definition, a robot can be anything from a Roomba yep. uh, to a drone. A drone would be considered a robot. Uh, yeah, man- sure. man- manufacturing equipment. Yeah, those, that's, that's right. Those, robotics. Fact, those factory yeah. uh, manufacturing robots. Uh, hell, even your car could be considered have robotic. Especially the autonomous cars now. Well, I, well, you certainly there's the autonomous cars, but I, I mean even the sense that. Uh, there are things that it does automatically through mm-hmm. diagnostics and right. I suppose. Sure. I'll, I'll let you have that one. Thank you. You know, you, you could consider it a uh, exoskeleton on four wheels. That's right. There you go. But uh, you know, ROVs. You know, those stuff, those deep sea exploration vehicles, the remote controlled. I mean, those those considered robots. So it's not. We're not just talking. You know, a robot in the sense of something that is completely. Autonomous and walks around and has AI and. But we will get to those. Well, you know, let's. Why don't we start at uh, talk a little bit about something that I had no idea was out there, but it's super cool. And actually, I've we've seen this concept in science fiction from the fifties and comic books for a long time. Or that's the telepresence robots. Yeah, so you can be there without actually being there. That's right. Yeah. It's a good substitute in lieu of, uh, you know, teleportation. Very. Mm. Teleporting would be really cool, though. Oh, absolutely. But then there's always the question. If a teleporter takes you apart in one place and reassembles you in another place, (laughs) if it doesn't do it with exactly the same atoms... You're screwed. Are you... 
the same? No, 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 no. You, you have you not heard the thought? That's you're committing suicide every time you walk <laughs> yeah. into a teleporter. That's, that's right. True. You're dying. That's you're, true. You're every single dead. time. Yeah, and being recreated on the other side. Yep. A whole new you. A whole new you. Yeah, terrifying. It is. Yeah, yeah. It could be. We should try it. Let's not. No, <laughs> I would never go on a teleporter. I won't even go on a plane. Well, I'll that's true. Teleporter. You're afraid to cut. It's not a Freddy cat. It's just, you know, man <laughs> wasn't you, meant we, to fly. If you thought about that plane as a robot, would it make you feel better? I don't know. I don't think so. I, I'm suspicious of some of these robots, let alone, <laughs> let alone a plane that flies by itself. Yeah. So, telepresence robots. What are telepresence okay, so, robots? Well, it's pretty much Skype on wheels, right? Skype on wheels. Yeah. That's how it, one way it's been described. Yeah. I mean, allows you to virtually be in one place while existing in another. Ooh, that's deep. That is pretty deep. <laughs> Somewhat philosophical, almost. It, it is essentially Skype on wheels in, in a sense, but it's also a lot more interactive than that. So if you want to picture, you picture one of these things, it's essentially a pair of wheels with a pole in the middle of it with a tablet perched like a, a tablet perched on the top of it where the video image of the person on the other end is being portrayed that allows them to interact with the people around the robot that still sounds a lot like skype on wheels it is well it is it is skype on wheels but it's a little bit more interactive than that because the person who's on the other end they can drive they can drive the robot, the robot. Mm -hmm. they can you know the a lot of times the pole moves up and down or side to side and so they can um they can essentially you know operate it like they were there well, you know, uh, to, to me, I, I mean, that, that idea has been around for quite a while, and, and there's been a bunch of different companies that have been making stuff like that. And, and Grove and I actually joked about, um, you know, getting one for the Whitby office and one for the Vancouver office, and then we could drive around each other's offices and annoy people. But, uh, <laughs> right. but to be honest, I, I, I view that as one of the least interesting areas of robots. Like, it's just... It's Skype on wheels. Yeah. But for somebody who's bedridden, they can still interact with their classmates if they're going to school. You know, they still have that social activity, whereas they can't, you know, be there in presence. Yeah, you're true. Yes, that's true. We saw the uh, the video of the uh, the kid, what, he had cancer? Cancer. And cancer. Uh, he was attending school via telepresence, which mm -hmm. was pretty neat. Yeah, which is, I think, a lot more, well, it is a lot more interactive than just doing like a distance education online program. Right. He's actually interacting with his classmates, laughing, joking, yeah. interacting with the teacher. It's a lot more involved. That is true. And that does make it an interesting usage case, for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that it could be, you could apply that to the workforce, too. You could have, you could have cases where you have somebody that's telecommuting for, you know, because of, say, mobility issues. Um, but with one of these things, they could do things like attend staff meetings or, you know, attend group meetings or even just wander around the office and interact with coworkers and not feel isolated. Very true. Right now, the, the one we were looking at was the Double Two um, by, I believe the company name is Double Robotics. And I mean, the thing retails for about 2500 bucks, so they're not cheap. Um, at it's all. not bad, though, you know. Well, yeah, I guess is if there, your workplace is going to is going to buy one for you, sure, yeah. Yeah. Well, you consider cost of a tablet plus you know cost of the thing to drive it around remotely. That doesn't seem unreasonable. Yeah, camera on the other end. Yeah. Right. 
Well, and you can just you can use it just using a, a laptop That's or even a, a smartphone, so you don't need to. There's no cost uh, with with that. There's no specialized equipment that you need right. other than the robot itself. Can we get one? I want one. Really? Oh yeah. You just don't want to come into work anymore. <laughs> There's that. If you get one, then you have to get a little mini one for Daisy. Yeah. <laughs> have it have it chase the couriers around. That's right. <laughs> That's right. You know, again, I, I don't know if this is gonna is gonna develop into something where this becomes a lot more commonplace, or whether this is really just something that's a novelty. I mean, how how long ago have you did you see these things? Oh, at least five years ago. Right. Right. Hmm. So it's hard to say. Safe to say it hasn't taken off yet. No. But you know, as there's more usage scenarios for them, you never know. Right. Let's talk about robotic wheelchairs. Mobility-related robotics, as I like to call them. Yeah. Cool. There's some some really neat stuff happening there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, the one I thought that was really cool was the wheelchair that actually learns its roots. You know, so if you're in a campus-type scenario, GPS won't necessarily work. You can load the roots in. It learns the route as it goes along and can detect obstacles and... That's right. Differences in, in heights of curbs and doorways, and it, it learns all that, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, that's the you're talking about the Vulcan Intelligent Robotic right. Wheelchair, um, which is uh, a wheelchair that's being developed by the engineering department at the University of Michigan. Yeah, and it actually it, it actually scans your environment, so you can have somebody drive it around the environment. It actually takes measurements and details of the of the environment. And uh, I believe you can put points of interest into it as well. So if you were, um, you know, setting up a campus or something, you could set up these different points of interest and a user of the wheelchair could just select a point of interest and it would just drive them there. Right. Mm -hmm. Automatically. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly how it works. But I mean, it also goes beyond that, too, is that it also uses spatial knowledge to learn about the environment itself. And as it's driving, I mean, it's it's taking in the environment. It's detecting what's in front of it, what's the side of it. It's um, anticipating, um, I forget, the video went into exactly how many, how many things are running. I think it's something like five a second. It's, it's gauging what's in front of it, what's around it, and then making decisions, course corrections, stopping, all depending on what's, what it's sensing around it. So it's not even just driving from point A to point B. It's, it's also literally driving the wheelchair. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's much like a self-driving car in that mm. respect. Right. Yeah. You think about um, <clears throat> your average uh, user of a powered wheelchair. Typically, they've got some sort of control system that they're using. But if they want to go forward, um, they've got to be pushing a joystick forward, for example. Or they've got to have some other control that they're they're holding forward to continue to go forward. As soon as they release the control, they, they stop. Um and that, that probably leaves them vulnerable to uh, repetitive strain injuries because they're constantly utilizing this control. And for uh, people with more complex needs, um, some of those controls can get uh, um, more complicated too. You know, there's uh, sip puff wheelchair interfaces, for example. So something like this that, that just gives them a simplified way of um, starting out and allowing them to just sit back and enjoy the ride that's uh, that's pretty powerful for a good number of users. If if they can if they can make this technology more widely available in in a wheelchair platform, 
um, there's a lot of possibilities for it. Um, not just in the sense of um, as a mobility device, but also as a, a more detailed mapping apparatus for um, the, the world at large. You think about the number of people who are driving around in uh, things like scooters, wheelchairs, uh, various mobility, uh, motorized mobility products. Um, if you could build this into it and have it constantly scanning the environment, um, you could produce incredibly detailed urban maps. Uh, right. You know, like essentially Google Maps on steroids, where, you know, not only does it know the street and the address, but it also knows, you know, where the curb cutouts are. It right. Knows, uh, where there's you know, a pothole. Where there's a pothole, where there's a, a, a crosswalk. Um, it could be very, very powerful, powerful for, uh, for gathering uh, data. But I mean, you're right. I mean, if they can build a sensor platform that, that would work for this chair and they could transplant that into some other device, even if it's like a, you know, a wearable vest that is able to scan the environment and create um, a virtual rendering. Uh, right. Yeah. That can then guide. I mean, you could you could you could make a blindness vest for that. There is a vest I read about yesterday. I think I was looking at it, and I don't know if it was in one of the links you had sent. It was something different, but again, it was basically almost like um, sonar. So it would you know detect things in front of you, below you, try to do things above you within a certain range, and it would vibrate or inform you somehow that there was an object in your way. Right. And even even with guided chairs, even with something that you're actually physically driving, if you do have those sensors that can help you auto-correct or something, I mean, it could help people who maybe have some control but not full control so that it, it's, it's sort of a self-correcting auto, almost like a cruise control. Yeah, sort of like the... Um uh, the driver assist systems that they've been putting into cars of late. Right. That, uh, they're not fully autonomous driving vehicles, but they they'll, they'll, they'll keep you from wandering out of your lane or uh, crashing into the car in front of you. That's right. So another another one that uh, that you found was the uh, tech robotic uh, mobilization device from Mattia Robotics. Um, it's uh, it's not actually a, a wheelchair per se as almost a, uh, a, a motorized platform. Yeah. It's a, it's a motorized platform, but it allows you to sit, stand, travel upright, travel sitting. If you want to That's right. lean back, reach down. And, uh, the, the example in the, in the video we watched, um, uh, had a, C C seven quad. So he was, he was paralyzed uh, from the waist down. Um, so he had full upper body, um, uh, mobility, but, uh, but this would, uh, drive him around and, uh, and also let him stand up as well as reach down, pick something up off the bottom shelf. Um, it was, it was pretty neat. Yeah, it is. And I mean, I, you know, I was leery about actually including that because technically it doesn't really feel like it's actually a robot in the sense that what we're talking about. But the flip side of that, it, it kind of is because you can you can bring the platform to you. Like there's that ability where if you're in your chair, you have the remote control, you can you don't have to drive to the platform. It's kind of like a almost like a drone drone ability in that sense. But well, it's it's a it's maybe not. A robot per se. I, I, I mean, it, it's fully controlled by the by the 
driver, right? Right. Whether by remote control or by uh, the controls on on board, but um, but it is a very different take on a wheelchair that's using robotic components to uh, um, you know deliver a smaller footprint right um, uh, wheelchair that can get you into smaller spaces, a little more mobile, a little more agile. Well, and it's good for people in chairs too, because typically it's good for them to, to get out of the chair for a certain number of hours every day anyways to... Yeah, know, otherwise you're getting, you know, bed sores mm-hmm. essentially. and Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it would even help in that regard too. So, it's... Yep. Yeah, it's pretty slick. But, you know, you wonder... Yeah, you know, you see a lot of these ideas and... You know, in doing the research for this, we're not even, it's not even the tip of the iceberg in terms of what's going on out there in terms of robotics. I mean, we've picked a few examples here and there, but uh, they're all, you know, all the major universities all have, you know, engineering and robotics um, departments that, that are working on things. And it's, it's pretty amazing. And actually, a lot of this robotic stuff, I mean, it's coming out of Japan. Right, like even the we'll talk a little bit about the robotic guide dogs, but that's all coming out of Japan. Yeah, yeah, they seem to be really on the forefront of uh, of robotics, and you know, I, I personally blame Manga and uh, you know, uh, uh, Transformers and <laughs> oh s- stuff like that because they've been they've been imagining and reimagining robots for years and years and years. Well, did Ryan send you the the video of the? Again, it was a Japanese company that made the whatever it is, the twelve-foot robot that you climb into and uh, operate. He, he didn't send that one to me, but mm-hmm. I have seen it. Yeah, yeah. And, and for what is that, one hundred and twenty thousand dollars? One of them can be yours, I think. <laughs> yeah, but it's essentially. It's, well, uh, it's Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, without the rockets. Yeah, unfortunately. that's right. <laughs> yeah, you put rockets in that thing, man. I'll be lighting up. Jetpack. Yeah, there you go. Yep. Have to be a big jetpack. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> Yeah. Can't you just see that? You know, somebody's bullying you at school. It's like, all right. Yeah. Chunk, chunk, I'll be back. Chunk, chunk, chunk. Stay right there. Say it again. <laughs> Even in the video, though, itself, I mean, it doesn't, you, I don't think it ever moves. I think they raise the, the, the knees up and down and they open the door and the guy climbs in. And so it never really shows it walking around. So I'm a little skeptical of it. Mm, okay. So mm. I think they still have some work to do in that regard, but. But still, hey, it's on the way. It'll get there. I mean, there, there's all kinds of different uh, exoskeleton um, projects as well, right? For again, a lot of it's being driven by um, uh, veteran affairs money in the uh, in the U.S. Yes, uh, wounded wounded warriors coming back and uh, you know being being paralyzed, and they're they're doing some very cool stuff with uh, you know uh, powered legs uh, for for paraplegics uh, that'll get them up walking around. Um, we, uh, did we cover the, uh, uh, virtual reality training for paraplegics in a no. previous episode? No, we didn't. We, we didn't. Okay. So there, there's, uh, um, uh, a training system, uh, that is, you, you wear VR goggles and the VR goggles show you a picture of your feet and by concentrating on them, you can move the virtual feet well what they're finding is that this this was originally developed for uh systems like this these exoskeletons um to 
give people a way to control the exoskeleton. So you would practice on this virtual reality thing, and then in reality, you would slap on these things, and and feeds from your your neural um, uh, systems would would power the the feet. What they've discovered is just having the virtual reality component of it is actually bringing back some people's um, connections to their legs, and they're starting to develop uh, movement in their legs after they've been paralyzed, wow. um, which is really interesting. It, it, they're, they're not to the, they've never, I don't think they've ever had a case where they've gotten somebody back to the point where they can walk again. Um, you know, they're still physical damage that uh, is not allowing them to walk but uh, but it is interesting that um, it, it's having this profound effect on the on the neuropathy right well even we talked a little bit about uh, in the brains episode we talked about the guy that was was fitted with a essentially a robotic arm mm -hmm. a robotic bionic arm right and you know so that you know that's robotics as well yeah and again you know right at the forefront of of what can be done building cyborgs yeah and uh the robotic hand technology has really um improved over the last bunch of years uh they now have ones that um you can uh, you can actually have a sense of feeling with yep um yeah, a sense of touch uh pressure um for picking things up so you're not you know crushing your neighbor's hand <laughs> you know hey bill how are you ah! <laughs> i was fine yeah <laughs> now i need one of those <laughs> you got a spare one <laughs> you know um of all of the things that we looked at as we were looking at these different types of of uh, robots the one that i thought was coolest was the uh, the obi the yeah. uh, robotic dining companion mm -hmm. um you know, as long as I've been in this inter in in this industry, um, the the one condition that um, I find most frightening is ALS, right? Um, because it, it's just relentless, relentless and progressive, and and uh, you you lose more and more of your ability over time, and uh, until you know, ultimately, you can't breathe independently, and. Uh, um, for somebody who's suffering from ALS, this, this OB robotic dining companion, it has uh, uh, a spoon and, and four trays. Uh, you put the food in the trays and then the caregiver just basically takes the spoon and puts it in your mouth and that's how it calibrates to know where it's supposed to deliver the food to. Right. And then it starts feeding you. Um, and it's got a specially designed tray so that it's got a little lip on it so you can it can pick up the food more effectively. It's it's a really cool design, um, and it's uh, fairly small. It's not uh, it's not a big uh, big item, and I think it was um, if I recall, I, I went on the website. I think it was forty five hundred bucks U.S. Oh really? Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't even check the price. Yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't an outrageously expensive robotic mm -hmm. aid, um, but uh, but you know the. The effect it could have on somebody's life you know the guy in the video talks about you know how nice it was to be able to sit there and and eat a meal and have his wife sit there and eat the meal with him rather mm -hmm. than her having to feed having him. to feed him yeah, yeah absolutely and yeah. it's a, such a simple simple task and a simple concept yeah but elegantly uh, very elegantly done 
Now, the ones that creeped me out <laughs> were the uh, companion pets. Really? I don't know. Yeah. I found these the most interesting. I, I was yeah. saying to Rob, we should get a, a robot cat for the office. I, I and then Daisy just, can chase it around. Oh, know, are you I, kidding? Daisy would, would tear it apart. <laughs> it's a robot. <laughs> can't hurt it. I mean, really? What's wrong with a real cat? Well, there's nothing wrong. Well, come on now. You got to feed them. You got to bait. Well, you don't bathe them, but you got to change the litter. Oh, exactly. It's work. It's, Robot it's, cat, you just plug it in, unplug it. It's part of a creature-to-creature interaction, though. <laughs> no. Robot pet. That I mean, honestly. It's but the no, cat. It's no better than the robot sex bot. They were talking about, though, the robot cat being used in therapy for seniors. Well, yes. And that's, right? and that's okay. So, we should back up. <laughs> we should back, back the truck up. Um, because, yeah, that's, that's obviously what the, the purpose of these things is. I don't think they'll ever build. Well, I shouldn't say that because they could, they could, we could get to a point where they actually, where we just live, you know, in the world of Blade Runner and they do just make artificial, artificial animals. Sure. But that's not what we're going to talk about. These, these are, are really, they're designed for as therapy robots. So what we were talking about, we were talking about the Hasbro has one that's called the Joy for All Companion Pet, and it's basically a robot cat. Um, very simplistic, but they've been using it um, in in old age homes. The thing itself, I mean, it has it has realistic fur and it has sensors that respond to motion and touch. So it kind of will act like a real cat. You pet it, it'll purr. Um, it'll detect motion. It'll meow. They it's said that behavior was random, though, too. So it, you're not going to get sick and tired of all the time you pet it or purrs, you pet it or purrs. You know, they said that was random. So, you know, it behaves in that way a little bit more like a real animal. Right. And the idea is is that it can garner the positive emotional response that you get from having an animal but without the all the care that would be involved. So you could you could leave it with a senior say with dementia and not have to worry about a retirement home could actually purchase a couple of these and they don't have to worry about bringing therapy animals in. They don't have to worry about feeding them or people being afraid of them. Well, you got to recharge them. You, well, well, yeah, but how many batteries. people are afraid of a battery charger? There, there could be a phobia right. for that, actually. The we, should, we should look that up. <laughs> I'm going to look that up right now. I bet, I bet it's a thing. <laughs> Probably is. Get that iPhone away from me. <laughs> but yeah, you know, therapy animals are only good for a certain number of hours in, in those settings. So a robot cat or a robot dog might just be what the doctor ordered. This Hasbro one, I mean, it's 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 a low end. Ooh. I mean, it's only, it's about a hundred bucks. Um it's probably not going to fool anybody. Uh, you're never going to think that it's an actual cat. Well, I didn't find a fear a, a name for fear of battery charger, but I did find <laughs> nomophobia, which is your uh, fear of losing your phone. Oh, <laughs> nomophobia. Nomophobia. <laughs> so you just never take it anywhere. That's right. I, I, Stay in the closet. I have a phone. But it's, it's in a drawer. It's locked away because I can't lose it. <laughs> <laughs> and I would charge it, except for afraid of the charger. <laughs> That's right. Why is there no name for that? <laughs> That's right. Oh, um, my. See, in that case, you would just build a phone into the therapy robot animal, into the cat. Mm-hmm. 
can just use voice activation and say, call Joey. Meow. <laughs> uh, what else do we want to say about these? Damn it, call Joey. Meow. Damn it, call Joey. Just like a real cat. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Doesn't listen to a damn thing. It'll phone Joey at 3 a.m. <laughs> then hang up on him as soon as he answers. <laughs> Rob, why is your cat calling me at 3 a.m.? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, so, yeah, so there's so there's that one. There's also a, a more heavy-duty, and again, this is, de- I guess, I think developed by a Japanese company, robotics company, uh, which and it's a therapeutic robot named Paro, and it's a robotic baby seal. Of, which, of course, the Canadian and me immediately wanted to club. <laughs> of course. Yeah. That's right. No matter what Paul McCartney says. You says, can't do that to a baby seal. They make excellent jackets. They're so cute and white and Steve snuggly. at com. <laughs> All you PETA people. 5% discount on, on the first 100 PETA members that email Steve. And that's not PETA bread. <laughs> not a PETA bread. That's true. Why is it PETA and not PETA? I don't it should know. be PETA. It should be. Uh, where were we? Oh, yeah. Okay. We were talking about Paro the Thero. The th- Thero. <laughs> Paro. Yes, Paro. Paro, the therapeutic robot. Seal. The robotic baby seal. Or, or. Which you just can't use in Canadian old age homes. That's right. We just get, well, no, you can, but you can beat this thing, apparently. Really? Yeah. They actually use the term beat squishy. in the marketing materials, which I changed to hit. Because I just thought that sounded, sounded pretty terrible. Sounds so wrong. It does, but but so the idea, like the thing, has five sensors. It has a tactile, a light, an audio, a temperature, and a posture sensors, all built into it. So it can detect, um, it can detect light and dark. It can detect uh, whether it's being stroked or beaten. Uh, it will recognize voice. Um, it, it'll it knows if it's being held. It, it'll track your movements. So it's a pretty uh, complicated little piece of machinery, which is why it's, I think it's $5,000. Yeah. But it can learn too. I mean, if you stroke it when it does one action and hit it when it's doing another, it will not try not to do the action that it got beat for. So you can actually train it. See, but that's creepy. You see, to me, this, this almost sounds like a, a Japanese solution for the Canadian seal hunt. Like they, they've basically said, we got to get these guys to stop, man. How are we going to do it? Well, we'll, we'll come up with a baby seal that will, will reward them when they treat it nicely. And it'll, it'll, uh, you know, crap all over their shoes. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. It could work. We haven't heard about the seal hunt for a while. That's right. That's right. Well, has, has it, is it still going on? I don't even I don't know. know. Still going on. No, me neither. I don't think there's a market for seal anymore. No, oh. I guess not. Moved on to ivory. Maybe. Rhino tusks. And shark fin. Mm, bear shark penis. Fin. Bark. Mm, bear, bear no, penis. Bear, bear, bear gallbladder. <laughs> A bunch of bears sighing relief. Yeah. <laughs> There's like, whoa, hey, hey, buddy. Well, did you Ixnay on the Enos Bay? <laughs> did, did you hear about the, the increase in, uh, in the number of bears in B.C.? Like, like the bear population in BC is going up dramatically because of Viagra. What? Yeah. They're getting it in garbage cans and stuff? No. 
No, there's just somebody feeding them Viagra. Viagra. Right? <laughs> no, it's a, it's a direct result of Viagra hitting the market that bears are not being hunted for their gallbladders anymore because previously the, the oh. chi traditional Chinese medicine said that a bear's gallbladder was a boner pill. Right. So people wanted these bear gallbladders and they were being poached all over the place. When Vi Viagra came out, it's like, oh, here's a little blue pill. I can just take that and don't have to do any more that gross gear bear gallbladder right so now they're not being hunted and the bear populations are going up wow that's interesting isn't it yeah okay anyways okay we were talking about the robotic baby seal okay <laughs> oh we're back to that again we, we? We, well, we have to we have to finish talking about this we keep getting sidetracked but um yeah it's interesting like there's something about these therapy robots that i think there's there's really something to these um you know I, we talked about dementia and and the effect that music can have on the on dementia sufferers and from all the evidence uh an interaction with animals does much of the same things i mean there's there's a lot of evidence that shows that um, interaction with therapy animals can help lower blood pressure reduce depression, reduce pain, can improve the time it takes to recover from surgeries. There's all kinds of health benefits that, that, that therapy animal, interaction with therapy animals have shown. So the trouble with therapy animals, though, is that it's always a limited time that they can bring them into the homes. You know, usually it's once a week for a couple hours. All the residents have to kind of take their turn with the animal. Something like this, something like a robotic therapy animal that can garner all those positive results, but is something that can just be left at the home or left in somebody's room overnight and you don't have to worry about the animal itself. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of benefit that could be gained from that. I'll, I'll grant you that there, I mean, there, there's definitely been uh, proven benefits to, uh, to, to these uh, animals in, in, therapy situations but uh i mean wouldn't you kind of be worried about you know the dementia patient gets up the next morning the batteries died on the cat and the cat's lying there dead and now they're freaking out because they've got a dead cat in their room i mean <laughs> may it's possible i don't know it, it, it just seems like it could be fraught with problems well and I did read a side article talking a little bit about the ethical, the ethics of this in terms of if the dementia patient doesn't know that it's a robot, is that ethical? Who cares? We're talking about the well-being of the patient. Well, yeah. I mean, I think. Well, I think, I think the ethics are speaking to the well-being of the patient as well. But who's to determine what's good for you, what's good for me? Um, an ethnicologist? I don't know. Yes. An ethics person. An ethics person. <laughs> <laughs> Look up the word. There's a word for that. An, ethic, <laughs> an ethics spot. <laughs> you know, one thing we haven't uh, touched on are uh, the uh, Asimov's uh, three laws of robotics. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that was something we talked about. Uh, now, this is uh, this is what he came up with in uh, his 1942 short story, Runaround. Um, he came up with three simple ro rules. Yeah. He came up with three uh, different laws for robots, which were um, integral to them uh, interacting with humans. 
One, a robot may not injure a human being or through inaction allow a human being to come to harm. Two, a robot must obey the orders given it by human beings except where such orders would conflict with the first law. Three, a robot must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not conflict with the first or second laws. Right. That's a fairly good set of rules for robots. I don't think anyone has ever come up with anything better. No. But, uh, or at least not that I've read, but um, we'll probably get email. Yeah, probably. Yeah. The, the, the 57 new <laughs> rules of robotics. <laughs> but... Um, does it disturb you guys at all that one of the main uses for robots these days is military hardware? <laughs> yeah, that seems to be where all the money is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they are definitely not building artificial intelligence into those things that's complying with those three laws. They're, not at all. They're no. being made to go out and destroy, kill people, destroy yeah. things, and, and uh, essentially sanitize war so that people don't have to do it on a personal level. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's a very disturbing development in our use of this technology. It's almost, you know, I almost feel like that's the main thrust of developing the technology in the first place. I mean, we sort of get the spillover of that in terms of, you know, the, the technology for therapy robots and stuff like that. But I mean, really, they're standing on the technology that was developed initially by the military. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going down the wrong path. We are. Oh, Trump. Just kidding. <laughs> Trump. Maybe he's a robot. <laughs> hey. There's maybe. a rumor. <laughs> that would actually explain a lot. Yeah. A lot of people are saying he's a robot. Is there proof he's not? That's right. We've never he, seen him bleed. He, he should have to produce his schematic. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> or give us an oil sample. Uh, yeah, what, what kind of therapeutic robot would he be? I can't see anybody him lowering anybody's blood pressure. Uh, this is actually something that was a little bit of a controversy. 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 Why can't I talk today? I don't know. I'm it's too much chili. today. Yeah, maybe. Maybe the ch chili is my mind. <laughs> the ch chili. <laughs> <laughs> I've been being mocked by my coworkers, and I'm self-conscious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what time we turn the it's, mocking around. I need it. Where's my therapy seal? That's right. Uh, yeah, robot. Okay, so this... Okay, so... This next robot was a bit of a controversy when... <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm not even doing a take three. I'm just saying something different. Okay. So let's talk robotic guide dogs. I hear they're controversial. They are. They, they are. I've actually posted a bit of a teaser a few weeks ago, and uh, people kind of really responded to it. Uh, in a negative sense, in, in the terms of, I don't get the sense that a lot of blind people really like the idea of robotic guide dogs. Which makes no sense to me. Really? None at all. Yeah, I right. think robotic guide dogs are the way to go. Well, you think about it. I mean, you can probably build a robotic guide dog with the technology that's out there now that could be pretty darned effective um, and less prone to 
things like, you know, going and chasing a cat. Chasing cats, illnesses, yeah. having to go to the vet and pay vet bills, having to feed them, clean dying. up after them, dying. You know, you build that bond 8, 10, 12 years down the road. You got to let the dog go. You know, it. Yeah, they're incredibly expensive to train. They are. Yeah. Um, and being living creatures, they have all their little foibles. But I think that's probably why people are so defensive of them because they bond with them. Absolutely. You know, right. are you, are yeah. you, you're not going to form a bond with a robotic no. dog unless they make it look just like a dog. But and then again, when you, you pat it, it goes. <laughs> Well, see if right. they, if they uh, can tie in the therapy animal robotics aspect of it and make it look like a dog. But then, you know, I'll throw this at you. Why are you getting a guide dog? Are you getting a guide dog so you have a dog as a pet and a companion? Or are you getting a dog as, to be used as your tool to get you from A to B? Well, maybe it's a bit of both. Maybe. You know, every, everybody I've known with a guide dog, without exception, loves their guide dog. Yes. It's part of the family. Yes. So... You know, there's definitely a bond. So I think, I, I I think they're pretty much inseparable when it's a living animal. But if you were to replace it with a guide dog, you may not have that bond. But I would almost, I think myself, put more trust in a robot guide dog than I would in a living creature, because it's not going to be distracted by surroundings. Guide dogs are, are prone to distractions. That's true. Well, we should step this back a bit and, and, and acknowledge at least that the technology for an actual robotic guide dog, we're still a long ways away. I mean, if you look at any of the stuff online about some of the Japanese developers of these, they look like vacuum cleaners or garbage cans. I mean, these are not... And they're very limited in, in what they can do. I mean, they were really sort of still at the um, infancy of of, yes. of this technology, right? Like we said, I mean, we we you'd have to get some sort of a sensor, you know, a foolproof sensor bed to put in one of these things that could, you know, instantly read the surroundings, respond to the surroundings like a, you know a living animal could and as fast in order to be as effective a guide dog and we're not even close to being there but they're I working think, on it i think they could respond a lot faster because well, they're computers potentially potentially and they they might be able to make more informed decisions too by pulling in more data and being able to process it in a more meaningful way mm -hmm. you know you you are somewhat limited in a dog's cognitive ability to assess a situation which you might be able to overcome with technology mm -hmm. but that remains to be seen We're not i don't there know yet. I, yeah That's i don't true. know i don't know if i agree with you guys on that one i think the you know the brain is a very powerful computer and we've yet to build a computer that's as good as a brain even a dog brain <laughs> i don't know i'd say my laptop's at least as smart as ryan Oh, at least. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Daisy, but he went right to Ryan. <laughs> Zing. He wouldn't insult his dog. Come on. <laughs> He's got that bond thing going. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is interesting. And, you know, we'd be interested to hear what other people think about that. So, hey, if you have an opinion on whether or not you would want a robotic guide dog. Yeah, let's do a poll. Let's do a poll. If you could, if you could have a robotic guide dog... That, capable of that, doing everything your dog does. Yeah. Would you choose a robotic guide dog over a living creature? 
Yeah, but nobody's nobody's going to say yes to that because they all, like you said, they all love their guide dogs. But, but, okay, but so again, say if they had to start, okay. But I'm going to bring it back again. Why are you getting the guide dog? Because you want a pet, or okay. is it your tool? So okay, okay, let's step it back. Okay, so no, not. Okay, so if you have a guide dog, you wouldn't have to replace your guide dog. Right. Say you had to get a new guide dog. Yeah. Would you be open to getting a robotic guide dog right. over a real guide dog? Right. If it was cheaper. Well, I think they're subsidized for the most part anyways, aren't they? Uh, in a lot of totally cases. paid for, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so never so, mind. Never mind cheap. No, no. Just, so it's a wash. It's a wash right across. But then again, you think about it, you know, the training that goes into a guide dog, you know, sixty, eighty, hundred thousand dollars $100,000 per dog. At what point, you know, does it make more sense to create like a, a robot guide dog? Electronics would be cheaper. Again, you're saving on food, vet bills, care. You're not going to have the issues you have with getting into taxis or buses because of fur, religious preferences. There's a lot of bonuses to having a robot guide dog. Of course, if you have all that technology, if you have, you know, all of this sensor technology available to you, do you need a dog or do you just need a wearable computer that can right. inform you about your surroundings. That would work too. Chances are they could have a vest or some sort of, even a smart cane that would be able to do everything that a guide dog would be able to. That would be cool. So we might not, you know, in the future, you might not even, you might be able to forego the idea of a, of a guide creature at all. We need to put our heads together, guys. You know, yeah, we do. I, they should have guide raccoons. Can you train a raccoon? Because you seen there's many, a lot of raccoons around. Have you seen how many get eating. hit on the roads? Are, well, that's true. That's they, they don't seem to be real good at crossing roads. Because no, no. they haven't been trained. I'm telling you, they eat a lot of garbage. We could save two problems right there. We could get rid of the raccoons eating the garbage, and we could get trained raccoons they got those creepy little hands though yeah but that's they can grab stuff off the shelf for you you go shopping you'd be like hey go get me some jam yeah. oh great dog food again that's right <laughs> we're coming up with million dollar ideas out of this, uh -huh. this podcast that's right. today, i tell you robot raccoons this last one, I don't know. Did you guys watch the video on the, of this one? Which one's this? This is one where they've, they've taken basically manufacturing robots and they're working on sort of... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did see this one. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I, I didn't really get it either. I, I, didn't, I didn't really get what they would do. Like, they, basically, there's... There, there are these manufacturing robots that this company called Rethink Robotics have developed. And they're very cool, but they're, they're essentially manufacturing robots. I'm sure you've seen, everyone's seen them and, and heard of them, but they're just like basically arms that will pick something up off a conveyor belt and put it on something else. And, then, and they do that repetitively so that some poor human doesn't have to do it. So what they've done is they've taken – and the, the robots have gotten very, very – um, sophisticated from, you know, because these things have been around since the 50s, probably, right? Yeah, I don't know when they started bringing in robotics for automotive maybe purposes. I think that was 50s. one of the earlier. So maybe things. 80s, so, somewhere down the line. But now they can. Although they did have the Waldos uh, for nuclear material, and that would have been the 50s. Oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah. yeah so they probably had like very rudimentary 40, ones. That might even be in the 40s. Oh. 
Yeah. Anyways, carry on. But but these days, I mean, they're very easy to train. You basically, in, in a way, it works a lot like the the Obi dinner robotic companion, in that you can just train it. You just tell the arm where you want it, what do you want it to pick up, where you want it to put it. It programs it all in on the fly, and away it goes. Is this one I was thinking of as well that was giving directions? That's right. People well, that's were walking what, up to it, asking directions, and it would use its hand to kind right. of give tactile directions as well um it, it was another case where i think it was meant to be kind of a, a stationary guide robot to that's exactly yeah. it kind of like a walmart reader robot yeah. yeah yeah so so this university uh who where was it uh carnegie mellon university they're take they've taken one of these robots and they're using it as a research robot and they're trying to develop um, a blindness aid for travelers with it um and it, that's exactly it they they use the the arm to sort of help guide, um, I guess, essentially give you a tactile representation of directions. I'm yeah. not exactly sure how it would work, but yeah, it was um, it was the the demonstration I saw. It was taking somebody's hand and it was giving them directions on the palm of their hand. Oh, it was basically, you know, go this way and then turn left and, you know, 60 meters. Well, yeah. Go up this way. And so, which but was it, interesting. And it was a, it was a voice queried system as well. You could walk up to it and ask it a question. The other, the other example they had uh, for it as well was, uh, they put two bus passes down right. in front of it and said, Hey, you know, which, which bus pass is the one I need for today. And, right. Yeah. And it's, it would say, I slid the, your ticket in front of you. Yeah. 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 So interesting. Interesting. I mean, it kind of reminded me of, uh, you know, Total Recall and the, uh, the automated robot taxi driver a little bit. Okay. Never mind. Uh, yeah. I don't remember that. I, I remember it, but yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Vaguely. But so, you know, again, hey, there you go. There's something else. Robotic taxi drivers. Yep. It's a lot of potential there. Yeah. So if we're not going to talk about sex bots, we should at least talk about robots in uh, popular culture. So what is your favorite robot, Steve? My favorite robot. What comes to mind when you think robot? Oh, let me see. Uh, that's a tough one. Well, uh, favorite robot, though. That's a, that's a tough one. Uh, oh, come on. Let's list them off. Let's see. There's Cylons. So oh, I don't think I had a favorite. But uh, the first thing that came to my mind was Twiggy. Twiggy? Twiggy? He was the dog on Buck Rogers. That was Tweaky. Tweaky. Tweaky? Twiggy. Yeah, Twiggy's a Twiggy. British model. Yeah, I was oh, like, uh, Twiggy. She's cute, too. Twiggy's a robot? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you know? Fembot! <laughs> Twiggy. Tweaky. Twinkie. Yeah. Tweaky. Tweaky. Not Twinkie. <laughs> Tweaky. Tweaky. Bitty, bitty, bitty. No, no, that's the other guy. No, that's right. You're Is right. It? No, that's right. No, he was. He no, wasn't. Be, be, oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Bd bd bd. Let's see. What else? What are the robots? Classic R two D two. Of C3PO. course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, of course. Uh, Robocop. Robocop. Now, I, no, no, no. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to throw down. Oh yeah. You're gonna call out the cyborg it's card a cy there. He's, yeah, it's yeah. a cyborg. He's a cyborg. Well, technically, technically, anybody with a robotic limb is a cyborg. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's still yeah. robotics. Mm, yeah, but it's not a robot. Like, see, well, Terminator. Terminator's a robot. Yeah. Yeah, he is a robot. Yeah. Right down to his well, processing wait chip. a minute. But wait a minute. Hold on. But if he has organic skin over a steel exoskeleton, when he has the skin on, I think technically he's a cyborg, right? 
Mm, I guess it depends on if it's living skin or not. I think it's supposed to be, right? Oh, maybe it's not. I don't know. Well, I'll have to go back and watch my Terminator. I guess so. Blu-ray. What was it? uh, Sentinels? Sentinels? Matrix? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. They were freaky scary. They were? Yeah. Very Octobot-like, too. Mm -hmm. Yes, indeed. Maybe that's where that's going. Mm. Maybe that's where they got the idea. Maybe. Could explain why they're so angry. They're full of hydrogen peroxide. (laughs) That's right. I'd be angry, too. And very fizzy. Very gassy. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of their robots we got out there. Let's see. uh, Kit? Was Kit? Yeah, Kit's a robot. Kit's a car. Kit's a robot. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah. And there's Optimus Prime. Of course, all the Transformers. Yeah. Well, yep. okay. yeah, I guess so. They're robots. Yeah, yeah, but aren't they, but they're sentient, aren't they from, they're aliens. Well, that's true. They're alien robots. There you Are go. they alien robots? Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. And more than meets the eye. Yeah. <laughs> Although I never understood that because they seemed exactly like what meant <laughs> <laughs> like, look, That robot just transformed into a truck. <laughs> Okay. Does that make it more than meets the eye? I don't know. It just met my eye. So, <laughs> where's the more? <laughs> what more now? <laughs> uh, see, they don't have good robots these days. All the good robots are out of the eighties. There's the robot in short circuit. Oh yeah, number five. Number, number five, five is alive. Johnny Five. Wow. Uh, what about uh, what was that South African chappy? Oh yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't I actually see didn't see that because I heard it was terrible. It was pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, yeah, yes, that is. There was Polly's robot in Rocky Four or Five or whatever it was. Yeah, the eighties robot. Yeah, they're all eighties robots, except for the the, uh, the show I'm thinking of, Battlestar Galactica, Cylons. Yes. What uh, what was that movie with the robot on the planet that all the humans had left? They were all living on a big starship. It was an uh, animated one. Wally. 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 Of course. How could you forget Wally? Oh, yeah. Wally's terrific. I feel like we're forgetting important ones. Oh, Probably. I'm sure we we're are. We're going to kick ourselves Yeah, later. we're, we're going to miss all kinds of... So send us feedback. Tell us your favorite robot. Where would they send us that feedback, Ryan? They can send it to atbanterpodcast at gmail.com. They could also visit us at www.atbanter.com. Woohoo. All right. Famous robots from TVs and movies. Oh, well, going way back, the uh, robot from Metropolis. Oh, yeah. 1927. That's going back a ways. Uh, Forbidden Planet, the robot in Forbidden Planet from 1956. Yeah, I know that one well. Named after me. Uh, iRobot, they finally made a... Uh, a terrible movie out of Isaac Asimov's work yeah, in 2004. Was, that was very terrible. Yeah, they, yeah, poor Asimov, he just can't get a break. Uh, oh, uh, the robot from The Day the Earth Stood Still, Klaatu, Klaatu. Varada, Nick 2. Right. Uh, Westworld, which they're remaking now, too. They are. It's an HBO show that's coming out, yeah. Oh, it's going to be, it's not going to be a movie. It's going to be a it's an HBO TV series. series. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Uh, the Iron Giant. Oh, one of my favorites. Right. The Iron Giant from 1999 is, if you haven't seen it, it's a terrific movie. Fantastic. Go out, get it right now. It's it's hysterical. And that's what it's called, the Iron Giant. The Iron Giant. Never yeah. heard of it. Well, what? You, you need Never to. Oh yeah, you, you got to get yeah. out there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bicentennial Man. Oh my! What? The robot played by uh, Robin Williams. Yeah. Oh, hey, what about AI? 
AI, yeah. Uh, the artificial yeah, mm-hmm. that was yeah. Yeah. There was the uh, robot in uh, Prometheus and also of course uh, the artificial life forms in Aliens. Yep, and Alien, yep. Yeah. Cuz in the future, robots will be made of milk. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? There there's I'm I'm looking at a list of movies here and there's uh, there's some movies that have robots in them that I've never seen and look terrible. Yeah, I'm sure. Like Robot Overlords from 2014. Oh, Real Steel? Oh, yeah. Fighting yes. robots and Real Steel? Yes. Yeah. That was entertaining. It was. Uh, Ex Machina? Oh, yeah, that was a good movie. Was it? I don't think I've seen that one. Yeah, it's a very interesting. Yeah. Oh, Big Hero 6. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. a good one. Yeah. That'll make you cry. Baymax. Yeah. Uh, how about the movie Robots? Animated. Robin Williams. Oh, again. right. Yeah. yeah, I forgot about that one. Yeah. The Avengers. Age of Ultron. Of course. <laughs> how did we miss Ultron? <laughs> and the Mechanical Man from 1921. Mm-hmm. How about that? Chomps. The dog robot. I don't know. What movie is that from? Chomps. 1979. Really? Yeah. yeah. I missed that one when I was a kid. Damn. Probably answers all our questions about uh, robotic dogs, too. Bad idea. We should review. Oh, yeah. So there's just a smattering of different robots. I'm sure other people will come up with other robots from pop culture. Send us your robot stories. Unless they involve sex bots, don't send us the sex bot stories. Oh, you can send me the sex bot stories. That's okay, you send it. Robatoroga.com. Robatoroga.com. There you go. All right. So that is going to about do it for us. Uh, you can email us at Ryan. ATBanterPodcast at gmail.com. You can visit us at www.atbanter.com. You can check us out online on YouTube, Google, Twitter, and Facebook. And you can. Do whatever else you want. (laughs) (laughs) And, of course, if you're in the market for assistive technology, you can always go to www.aroga.com and buy our stuff. Now with financing packages. That's right. Very exciting. Yes. We're very thrilled. All right. Well, I have been Rob Minow. I'm Ryan Fleury. I am also Rob Minow. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm Steve Barkley. Who am I kidding? He's an evil robot. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. This podcast has been brought to you by Aroga Technologies. Visit Aroga Technologies online at www.aroga.com. That's A-R-O-G-A dot com. Music provided by bensound.com.